I like how mm-hmm. in the key, the key to a good song is having a trademark like yell. Like how in those Travis Scott songs, there's someone that's like, yo, but it's like in a auto tune. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yo, yo. Turn up. Yeah. Yeah. Now that or, or is a like, good song. Jada Kiss had a good ad lib. That's a little. That's taking it back. The best. Ways, the best was the original Isley uh, Brothers. Well, well, well. You know they had that like in every single song. Well, what's yeah. his well, dick? Well, well. Made a whole career on it. What's it? Lil John? Yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. That was his name? Yeah, that was his name. <laughs> okay. You may tell you what I was always a fan of, and and this is actually the very first thing ever mentioned on this podcast, is the whistle in the Swiss Beat songs. <laughs> I always wanted to be Swiss yeah. Beats' whistle guy. I could do that. You know, I could play that instrument. Let's hear your whistle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty good. But you're right. So, yeah, the Travis um, Scott ad libs make the songs. It's lit. Well, it's <laughs> well, it's like you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's not Travis Scott songs. There's like a a specific kind of yell that I always hear in rap songs. It's like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like auto tuned. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's Travis Scott. <laughs> you're that's right. What, that's what I thought. We just need we need an Isley brother to come in and lay down well 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 over some of our episodes. <laughs> well well well. Anytime there's dead air, just just hit it with that. Well well well. Um. I so uh, Nicole and I were down in Damascus this weekend, and um, I was talking to this woman at this like bike shop. And um, and we got to talking about like yeah, y'all ride the creeper trail. Yeah, nice. Um, and we got to talking about the protests. I was talking about the protests with this woman, and she was like, she was like, yeah. I mean, she's like, I don't have a problem with protesting. I think protesting is great. Blah blah blah. But she was like, but I don't like this looting or burning stuff down. And then she kind of like stared off for a minute, and then she goes. Yeah, but you know everybody makes mistakes. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like she was look thinking back on a time that she herself had looted and burned something down. <laughs> Either that, or thought that Terrence was pro looting and didn't want to blow a sail. <laughs> you didn't want to, yeah, didn't want to offend me. <laughs> what am I talking about? This guy's a looter from way back. <laughs> um. Have we been hearing what's been going? We've been heard, hearing about the looting. Have we heard about pillaging any though? Has there been any pillaging going on? They they seem to go together historically. <laughs> what's the difference? Or looting and plundering? Plundering also goes with looting. Pilfering. I feel like plundering is um, taking the town's wealth, maybe like breaking into the bank and leaving with the the safe or something. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta steal some value to plunder. That's true. 
it's a it's a matter of scale. Looting seems like small items here and there. Plundering seems like large amounts of wealth. So yeah. if Anonymous manages to erase all student debt, we'll call that a plunder. That's a that would be a plunder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we have to address your inordinate amount of faith in Anonymous. Yeah. Well, let's just say the hackers. <laughs> Some hackers. Please. Well, um, I think my internet connection is a little slow, so I might be a little behind here. What else is um, new? In more ways than one. <laughs> um, so, okay, so welcome to the show this week, uh, June 11th, 2020. Well, well, it well. It has... Uh, <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> we this is have. Where we're at. Yeah, this is. Uh, uh, I feel like things have shifted again since the last time we spoke <laughs> on Sunday. Um, we had our friend Brandon Sutton on. We talked a little bit about what was at that time the sort of like growing liberal reaction that was occurring at the time um this sort of like liberal co-optation of the of these protests of the uprising we knew this was coming obviously this is what they like to do um but we were just kind of like talking about it in the uh sort of broad strokes um but then at the beginning of this week we had the the first uh sort of salvo i feel like from the liberals and um they debuted it in classic liberal fashion um nancy pelosi walked out with a kente cloth i believe <laughs> multiple uh congressional members did did so um and they kneeled um and uh and so i, I think the whole thing was kind of a publicity stunt right it was kind of a pr stunt what else would it be <laughs> unveil <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just like to dress up, Tanya. Maybe they like to look cool. A little cosplay. Like oh my god, that was amazing. But they you know, it was amazing. Um but right before we started recording this, I was kind of trying to look for some details on it. And it's pretty fascinating. If you search Democrats police reform bill on Google, you will get four at least five at least five of the exact same headline uh, uh, different news outlets which is literally this democrats unveil broad uh or i'm sorry democrats unveil sweeping police reform bill sweeping police reform bill sweeping it's all it all says sweeping because that's what they're like, so if you were said. just like oh it exactly hands. They're, like doing, these... they're sweeping it <laughs> as opposed to just doing <laughs> modest reforms it's going to be sweeping no, no reason to inquire any further. Nope. Um, you're exactly right, Tanya. They literally just published the press release, probably. They got the press release from the Congressional Democrats and just published yeah. it. Uh, they, you know, they changed a few words in the press release it, itself, but they, they kept the title. The hey, we saw it a week or two ago with Amazon, did the same shit. So, um, so 
Yeah, so yeah, that's another thing. Like Amazon, uh, before their stakeholders, all these other. Yeah, Um, people are like, my business is anti-racist now. (laughs) My business has committed itself to (laughs) anti-racism. They're gonna start making, uh, you know, those name tags they make you wear when you go to nonprofit meetings. You get one of the name tags. You gotta write your name on. It says, "Hello, my name is." It's gonna say, "Hello, I am anti-racist." And then you write your name <laughs> under that. It's mine's gonna say Tom Associate, completed anti-racist training at Surge Nashville, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, you see a headline like that, you're like, oh, sweeping, sweep. Wow, okay, must be and good. Then you click into the. Th- must be good. And then you click into the article, and you and and you just see uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says. Congress cannot settle for anything less than transformative structural change. Like, oh, wow, okay, so transformative structural change. Sweeping reforms. Uh, uh, Karen Bass uh, says the world is witnessing the birth of a new movement. Like, all right, all right, here we go. We're going to get some legislation. And then it is a ban on chokeholds, the creation (laughs) of a national police misconduct registry. A registry. A registry. A registry for bad cops. <laughs> um, the bill also incentivizes <laughs> states... That... Dude, Dude it's your, ridiculous. You get your name on it. They're putting their names on a list and banning, and banning wrestling holds. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. It'll um, be like the... Bill... the um, the sex offender list like you can't uh live near a school <laughs> but this you can't live near like a donut shop or something like you're banned from all things cops love <clears throat> <laughs> yeah that's good yeah. yeah you just punish them by the things they love you got to keep them at least 40 yards they're 40 yards from it at all points or or you get an epo put out on you yeah <laughs> Tom, you had a great tweet this week. It was like, um, we're going to see global emissions plummet and dolphins return to the canals because cops will stop hanging out in, like, sonic drive through parking lots creeping on 16-year-old girls. It is an <laughs> epidemic with these guys. There is there is Surely. no greater... Con- I swear to y'all, there is no greater contributor to greenhouse gas emissions in the world than police officers. <laughs> because they all they do is fucking uh, idling. sit idling cars for... All fucking day. <laughs> yeah. And how many are there? Yeah, I just right. saw a number of the total number of police officers. It was terrifying. Do we know how what the total number is? In the country, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there's a little under 900,000 in the country. That's just like wow. patrolmen and so forth. So we'll just say a fresh million. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, once you once you include the CPUSA and others, you have about a million, yes. Another hot tweet <laughs> uh, the past week on this topic that's uh, more in our wheelhouse is uh, when we do finally get some momentum behind abolishing the police, uh, what the Just Transition Cops plan is going to be. Oh, I wanted to talk about that. Are we thinking about a post-cop Appalachia? Yeah. Yeah. What what are these cops going to do? I mean, they're not going to have jobs. I mean, and if we want them to code, first they have to learn how to mine coal, because that's a prereq now for for coding. 
Yeah, you gotta get your mining card well, and put in a few months underground. Then yeah. you get to code. You gotta get your underground license. Then you can code. They can start now while they're on the job. They have literal computers in their fucking cars. They can start coding practice. They can be yeah, I've never understood that. Right now. <laughs> like, you, you cannot punish people for texting and driving when you're on the fucking computer. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. In your vehicle. And they're everyone on Facebook. They're just, like, on Facebook. They're probably or Tinder. Um... Grinder. Um, yeah, so I want to talk. We'll talk about the just transition here in a minute, but I want to keep going through these. Um, I want to go through oh, these sweeping the reforms. The sweeping reforms, yeah. How will we ever get through them? They're so sweeping. Um, They're very man. sweeping. Um, you, got, you got a few hours? Yeah, this is going to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bill also incentivizes states and localities to mandate racial bias training and teach officers about their duty to intervene. Um, <laughs> it also includes anti-lynching legislation. Um, now, this, it's all weird because I saw an article in Politico yesterday that was like, Democrats stiff arm GOP's cosmetic police reforms. And so I'm like reading this, I'm like, okay, if these are the Democrats' reforms, what the fuck are the Republicans' reforms? Truly. <laughs> God damn. Not, not that seeing anything in here. How much um, more money does this bill give to the cops? Invest in police? <laughs> How much all this go? What's the price tag on this sweeping reform? Um, do they all get a raise? <laughs> the, they, I'm sure they all get a raise. They all Even get a like raise. Like the most left politician, Bernie is is calling for a raise. More money. So. <laughs> While God everybody in the streets us. is saying defund the police, our dear Bernard is saying pay them more. Pay them more because it'll incentivize better behavior, bro. Hey, as we all know, as we all know, the more money you get, the better you behave. The better you behave. That's just a, that's just a truism across the board. Oh fuck! You know what I did when I get that money? Gamble it away. Well, that yeah, I mean, I revert back to drinking, gambling, and womanizing. <laughs> it, it makes me my worst self. <laughs> That's why we keep Tom's uh, cut of the Patreon, guys. It's it's really a public service. Right. <laughs> keep me from cancellation. Yeah. He must... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsey Graham, there's some common ground if you want it. If you, you want to play Lady politics, G. we'll go nowhere. The first thing I want to find out, are Democrats willing to work with us to find something? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Um... So, so yeah, I don't really know what the right-wingers... I don't really know what the conservatives' uh, police bill is, but, um... But... I, I think you few, just ran it to I have us. a few thoughts. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They want the Democrats to meet them halfway, and by that they mean 
like I guarantee you they'll walk into that negotiation and walk out having given every cop a raise and like 20 more tanks each. You get your own personal tank now. <laughs> you get to take it home. Yeah, you can keep it at your house. <laughs> and you all get a new garage to house it in. I, you know there's grants going around for tanks right now. Like, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> like Whitesburg was like, there was a guy in Whitesburg City Police that wanted to apply to get a tank. There's already one downtown. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's about four or five fucking military vehicles you could repurpose at any time. I, it's astounding we live in its town with a rapidly diminishing population. This, the fastest um, shrinking city in Kentucky. The that was wild town to hear. Number one. Wasn't the number that crazy? One fastest shrinking. Number one. I feel like Apple Shop's yeah. been saying for and, years um, that it has, like, the most potential for growth and young people, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's like yeah, the well. most growing population of 20-somethings or something with money. <laughs> I can't even remember. Yeah, everybody in Whitesburg, everybody in their 20s in Whitesburg <laughs> just out in the streets just burning $100 bills and drinking <laughs> champagne. <laughs> In the poorest congressional district, I'm like disgusting. the only one left. No one even lives in Whitesburg anymore. I'm like the only one. Before long, I will be the last man in Whitesburg. Well, what's funny is I would love to see, like, not only Whitesburg but some of these other declining towns. I guarantee you could see an upswing in the amount of police correlate with the dip in the population. You're Y'all like how I spelled right, this out with my hands. <laughs> Was the stat about Whitesburg or Letcher County? The whole state. Whitesburg. I mean, the 13%. Oh. oh. It was just showing, like, the, all well, the shrinking cities and all the growing cities. And I think Jenkins was number two. <laughs> oh, my God. Letcher County just not doing good. Well, we're at, kind of at the end of the line. You don't come there unless... Well, what's interesting about this... Unless, go ahead. Want to finish your thought, Tony? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Age before beauty. Uh, um. Well, what's interesting about this is like you've got our town barely cracks two thousand on a good day. We're hitting it like seventeen, eighteen hundred people. You, you notice we've we have, been lying about our population what do we for have, years, Tom? though. Like, people have been saying, yeah, we got, like, yes. 3,200 if you count this, this, and this. It's like, no, the fuck we don't. Well, they counting all the bodies in the cemetery? I guess. <laughs> Dogs, cats. Um, we have a six-man police force and a police chief. What what the fuck do we need seven police officers for? Like there is, like it's fucking no. They literally it makes no goddamn sense. If they're not out they in an idling around. car, they're playing cards in city hall. Exactly. Well, the thing is, it's just I mean, it's just part of this trend we've talked about on here about how like. When you're out of options, like you just contribute to the carceral and the police state, right? Like that's where, like that's where the jobs are. That's where the labor's focused, and that's how you get, yeah, you know, one cop per every 
six people in a town before it's all said and done. Everybody, everybody just gets assigned a cop when you go to, when you move to Whitesburg. This is who you report to. Yeah, got a problem. Are you the yeah. problem? Here's who you have well, to deal with. I, I mean, I was talking to our our friends Katie and Andrew who live in Connecticut, and their town has like seven thousand people in it, and they don't even have a police force. They're like, well, we're just. I mean, she's it, like, it's kind of a reactionary reason. I think it's because the police, the people don't want to pay taxes for it. <laughs> but it is also interesting that they don't need one. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, you know, it's with us, there's a legendary criminality to Eastern Kentucky, too, though, that's been bolstered by, you know, portrayals in the TV and movies and so forth. And so. Our reputation precedes us. It's kind of like Harlan County. Like Harlan County's got this like reputation as this. Oh man, this is the the baddest place on the planet. It's like you, you go to a protest over there, and all those fucking pussies barking their heads off about you know leaving Harlan in body bags if they protest the cops or BLM over here. Not a fucking one of them showed up. I'm just I'm just sick of the Eastern Kentucky myth making. You're right. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid at this point. The romance. We're all broke, broken and sick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway. Um. Well, so if the co- if the Democrats aren't interested in any kind of actually sweeping reform, um. There has been some signs that the the streets are. I mean, obviously. I mean, uh, looting and um, and resistance itself is a sign enough that pol- people are done with the fucking police. But uh, Minneapolis City Council has said it's going to disband its police. I'm not sure uh, what that means or what they mean by that or or what. But it does, it, it, if nothing else, it does signal that there are people out there who do want it and can envision a world without it. Um, and we also have an autonomous zone in Seattle. I don't really know much about it. I just keep seeing the, the tweets about it. So, um, Again, no matter what your thoughts are on it, it does seem to indicate that people want to live in a world that is not controlled in every way imagine that by the cops i mean the other yeah. thing we learned from minnesota is if you burn down a police station you get what you want maybe <laughs> but you maybe. start we'll seeing see. results we've seen zero results in in kentucky even in louisville yeah zero demands met is that where you are right now yeah met my sister's Whoa. house Wow. In Louisville, yes. Well, so it's interesting, and and so I kind of want to dig into this a little bit because I mean, there's a lot of things that happened this week that kind of um, require sort of having a deeper conversation about this. So um, there has been the Democrats' response. You've seen several local municipality responses, um, but you've also seen a push to kick 
uh, cop unions out of the AFL-CIO, and I believe that <clears throat> failed, or at least this iteration of it. Uh, I think the AFL-CIO basically said, well, we're not going to do that, sorry. Um, and so, Is that uh, Richard Trump is doing? So this, uh, probably Richard Trump, yes. Oh, but goddamn <laughs> Trump. We got Trump good again. <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know maybe let's just start there what are your thoughts on that you think uh cop union should be kicked out of the afl cio uh yes i do uh purely for ideological reasons i know there's a lot of people out there that will refute that and say that well uh, in fact, I, I know a couple of fans that had reached out in the comments and kind of disagreed with our stance on this. To to them, I would say I humbly disagree. I think that cops are the quintessential class traders, and that uh, we should uh, they should be excommunicated from any labor movement, principally too, because. Look at the side of any like look at the side of any labor struggle. Like yeah, I mean the ones that I'm familiar with. Like watch Harley County, USA. Look at what happened at Brookside. Who was there on the opposite end of workers beating the fucking shit out of them, trying to, you know, union bust? The cops. Like the cops are always have historically always been at odds with the labor movement. Why would we welcome them in just because they are municipal workers and punch the clock? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. I don't know. It's just a weird notion to me right. to, to to include them. Tanya, yeah. comments? Uh, no, I'm with you. They literally are. They they have always historically sided with companies and capital. And been the muscle yeah. of companies. Yeah. Well, I mean, and too, I mean, you could go out further, and uh, yesterday I had this tweet about, and it was obviously like a fake Photoshop tweet from Walmart, and I was like, you know, something about, I've said something about Walmart, you know, like, they're kind of like Amazon in the sense that they like, they need the last public resource that our tax dollars go to just to shore up loss prevention. So, like, they need police. And everybody's just like, yeah, man, that's an obviously fake tweet, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up, dude. It's like fucking, you know Walmart needs fucking cops to exist. <laughs> like, Whitesburg City Police, like when I was on the council, the motherfuckers spent eight hours a day up at Walmart fucking busting people for, like, stealing fucking tampons and fucking hostess cookies. You know what I mean? It's just so there, fucking... There's a... There's a parking spot in front there's two in front of walmart and they have like cute little sirens on top <laughs> it says fort reserved Ridiculous. for our whitesburg police <laughs> they have to go up there every day they have to go up there every day and it's funny we I mean, are paying for walmart's loss prevention enforcement the third truly. richest entity on the planet that's not jeff yeah. bezos or a country you know it's just i don't know it's just it's just um yeah yeah anyway Um, well, I tend to agree. I, I, I think that you'd have to do it carefully. You don't want to empower right to work um, people in legislation. But um, 
You're right. I think that they are have historically been and still are the foot foot soldiers of capital. And so, like, when these strikes and shit go down, they'll be the ones enforcing that. And so, like, how can you build solidarity with that? It's, it's like, structurally impossible. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. But I, you know... uh, Well, let me ask you... I mean, let me extrapolate out further here just a little bit because I'm interested in this because we had this discussion the other day about, like like in terms of like what demands do we make of police right now in this moment given everything we have you know like we you know, Terrence you and I talked about um like I'm trying to think how to put this without saying like I'm against police abolition because that's not what I'm saying here but like are what are the realistic demands right now given where we're at that we could make about this sort of thing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so the police, the police are not going to be abolished tomorrow. We're not going to wave a magic wand and, and police are gone. And that even might be, you know, I mean, it's often been kicked around this idea of like, well, if, even if we do that, then something much worse, you know, could replace that. Let's say y'all about that topic. We could. I mean, we. It is reasonable, though. I think to ask for them to be defunded and for money to be moved differently immediately. I mean, we've been defunding education for years. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I think that's, someone... that's a modest demand, you know. Yeah, in Los Angeles. There's not a city in the fucking world that needs a billion dollar police agency, even if you believe that police serve some sort of function, you know. <laughs> It's just it's just unconscionable. Well, yeah, you see, you saw him going around Twitter um, last week and over the weekend. Like every city's budgets, um, you know, on on bar graphs, you know, little this- tiny amounts for public health and tourism, but just massive amounts for fucking police. And this is a question: Are those is that is this public information? People are just able to like Google their city's uh, budget and get a hold of it because I've been trying to get a hold of Letcher County or Wattsburg's budget for three weeks now and come up empty-handed. It's nowhere to be found, and nobody, even when you call and ask for it, they send you to a goddamn uh, answering machine with nobody's name or number on it. Classic. Maneuver. Nobody's calling you back. Well, I think at the local level or at the small town rural level, um, it's all made that up seems anyway. Typical. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean that seems very typical. They they uh, they they will dodge you at every at every step. At, at a bigger urban setting, they can absorb a lot of dissidents and like attacks like that. So they're just like, well, fuck it. Here's the budget. But I mean, like, yeah. At the small town level, it's like they'll just send you to the answering machine. But also, like, again, like the city of Whitesburg's budget's $2 million a year. The city the, neither has $2 million liquid dollars nor $2 million in commitments or nor a combination of commitments or liquid cash. It's just an arbitrary number that they base everything on. They try to meet those and usually don't. Yeah. So they're just in debt? Well, I, I mean... To go back to this question, oh yeah, they've got to be way in debt. I mean, the county is deeply in debt, from my understanding. 
I mean, yeah, they what's going to happen? Go ahead. What's going to happen is at the municipal level, you're going to start seeing counties that are insolvent. Be like it's like Letcher County may not exist in five to ten years. Like we may be part of Pike. Yeah, County. it's like you get a speeding ticket possible. in Whitesburg, you're going to have to go to Pikeville to go to tr- go to court. That's already yeah. Starting. I think that's probably yeah. It's just but, like this stu- shit with but, the jailers. I'm sorry. Go ahead, there. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, like, so much of it is like Potemkin Village esque because, like, we have all of it is political designations. We have jailers for counties that don't have jails. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> we have we have like antiquated like things like constables, like antiquated police. You know what I mean? Like, the, all they do is go around in the highways and byways and try to find a marijuana patch or something. It's like it serves no function. It's just like a job that we elect, and they we pay them some money, and they're a bonded police officer that can go do shit. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> on that note, um, this is a little side tangent. The uh, local politicians around here are getting really pissed off about the administrative holds on new prisoners. You know, so like. Bashir put that policy in for a coronavirus <clears throat> and so like there was an article in the newspaper yesterday about how local politicians were getting pissed that like um, someone would get busted for marijuana in the morning and they'd walk in the afternoon um, because they because the jail can't hold them because of COVID and like they were getting fucking pissed about that they were just like whining about it this is bullshit oh, criminals we got people. We got people out there high as damn groceries walking the streets. <laughs> These motherfuckers, dude. I, I, I mean, it, it's sickening. It's no, it sickening goes, goes how everybody's you, developed a cop mindset. Yes, it, it goes to show you how deeply that mindset has seeped into every aspect of how society is ordered and arranged. Yeah. Um. But, but on that same note. It's important to remember that that may not go away. Um, And so what I mean by that is we should absolutely be pushing for defunding the police. I think it's the clearest articulation of a of a demand. And it's and it's one that I think people can get it on board with and one that is easily understandable. It's literally just the line is big. Make it get small. You know, yeah. put the money elsewhere. Yeah. Why, um, why do we? Why but, do they get all this and we can't get clean water? Why do they get? I, I think that's the thing we can extrapolate further to the state level. It's like, you know, Andy Bashir is like the latest in a long line of governors that disproportionately pulls like national guardsmen from places like Eastern Kentucky to go defend property of people in more affluent communities, particularly I'm thinking the Highlands and Louisville and different places. Right, and at the same time, the places the guardsmen come from that are pointing the guns, murdering people like David McAtee. Like, meanwhile, back home, those people can't get clean water, can't get anything, but we're expected to step up, and like that's 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 the hillbillies' remuneration is to <laughs> give our lives to capital and the defense thereof, and. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's obscene to me. But but yeah. Anyway. 
Well, I, you know, I just want to, <clears throat> I just kind of want to like talk about like what could result as or that could come out of this, um, because I fundamentally I do not think that you can abolish police within capitalism because you have to have an answer for surplus population, like you know, and I'm not saying that capitalists sit like all the heads of industry get into a room and they sit around and they say we've got 40 million people out of work and they're going to start rioting what do we do to keep them in control like capitalism doesn't work like that it it operates on a sort of uh, set of sort of coercion coercive yeah. laws that you have to respond to and one of those is yeah you have to find some way to keep the rabble in line the working class subdued and so i can easily see a, a future where <clears throat> we make cosmetic changes to police to remove them from the streets perhaps let's say like the 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 actual expression of policing has become too um unpalatable for the public that they have to come up with a new kind of uh policing um imagine a future where there's cctv corners uh, cameras on every single square inch of the urban environment yeah. where policing is done by drones that that they're already doing that in China in some ways, like this is, it is entirely conceivable. I mean, like, imagine the boon to te- the tech industry for like innovative and elaborate techniques of policing that don't involve cops on the street harassing people and etc., but still have the same net effect of either channeling people into the prison system or murdering them you under surveillance via at all predator time, drone or murdering you. On yeah. site for shoplifting. <laughs> yeah, so it's like we we have to sort of like be on guard about this thing. And I know I'm I I'm preaching to the choir. I know that people who are advocating for defunding and disbanding the police have thought about all this, and they are continuing to hold the people accountable who are talking about it. But it is important to keep in mind that, um, you know, we live in a system that is sort of governed by a set of rules. I'm not going to call them laws because they're not laws on the book. It's just, you know, it's, it's rules. It's sort of unspoken suggestions. rules. <laughs> Harsh <laughs> suggestions. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but, but it's interesting to think about what would happen to police. And this is the interesting question, and I think the one we actually want to talk about. How do you do a just cop transition? A just cop <laughs> transition. <laughs> We do. We want to talk about this, do we? You know that that's what's coming. You know it's what's coming. Wow. Look, they'll talk about it. They're going to try the just transition thing with police. But what do you do? Like, so this is an this is an interesting question. um, I think because, so a coal miner or an oil and gas worker, or a factory worker, if you were to interview one-on-one what they think, every single one would have a diversity of opinions and beliefs. One of them may be leftish, one of them may be a conservative, one may be pro-Trump, pro-Biden, whatever the fuck, but it's a diverse mix of worldviews and etc. But cops, it is almost uniform, right? It is like... They have a specific worldview and a specific set of beliefs. And so, you know, the question, I guess, on everybody's mind is, like, what happens to those people if they are turned out of jobs, like, en masse, you know? 
do they just go quietly into the night? What happened? I don't think that they will. Uh, there's something about the cop no. mindset that doesn't do go quietly into the night. I think that's the same reason all these mayors are afraid I'm, to do anything because they're afraid they're going to get murdered or something. Which is right. It's like they're already operating. Yeah, they're already, for the most part, operating in places like New York, the biggest city in the fucking country, as like their own boss, like their own like vigilante, fucking military, paramilitary, fucking cop gang. They're just like fucking organized crime gangs, because they're not they don't have anybody to answer to. They do whatever they want with impunity, and even if they don't have, and God, I mean, when they don't have a fucking the valor and paycheck behind it, they're going to be even more violent. They're going to act even worse. I've thought about this um, too because. So as this goes on. We're all talking to each other and trying to formulate an analysis for, for what's happening, right? Like, we're like-minded people, and we are uh, responding to events, and we're formulating an analysis and a narrative. Well, I guarantee you that cops are doing the exact same thing, and they're all communicating probably through their unions and trade groups and other forms of communications. And so I do wonder if they will walk away from this experience— with the uh, conclusion that society actually hates us. Society does not want us. It does not want to be protected. And I think this is an interesting idea because I was talking to Tom about this the other day. There's a contradiction in the cop worldview. On one hand, you have the thin blue line logic, which is a liberal one at heart. It started in the 60s with the professionalization of cops, but it basically says... We are the only thing um, protecting society from complete the teeming collapse. masses. Mm-hmm. From complete collapse, exactly. exactly. We are an external force to, to society. We are objective and external. That is a liberal idea in one hand. On the other hand, <clears throat> you've got broken windows. That's the other logic. That is, a, that is a fundamentally fascist one. It says that like everybody's a criminal. If you're not a cop, you're less than you must be punished to the utmost degree for even the slightest deviation from the law. And those two, conf- those two logics are always in, in conflict with one another, contradictory. And, and I do wonder what will happen when they realize, like, on, again, collectively, society actually does not want us. Society hates us. Will they then say, well, we must take over society? So if we must bend society to our will and make them see that they need us, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, so it's an interesting sort of thought experiment because I don't think this is a problem that goes. The people that killed Ahmad Arbery were not just random hillbillies; they had connections to police uh, law enforcement. The guy, I think his name was George McMichael or something like that. He was a former cop, and he and he was still like traveled around in those in those law enforcement circles like so this is not a a a mentality or a mindset or idea that just goes away i mean this is something like the confederacy that needs to be stamped out and you know everywhere it pops its head up i don't know it's it's just interesting to think about if you're 
Go ahead. No, you're right. You're right. There's like, and the thing too I want to say about like that cop adjacent thing, like you were just talking about, like there's also not only the cops, but there's like a certain mindset, a certain personality it attracts that wants to be close to where power is, but also wants to like put lights and sirens on their car so they can like, you know, live out their like, you know, Sheriff of Nottingham fantasies or whatever. (laughs) It's like the same reason people join like the volunteer fire department. It's like, they just want to be like, you know, if they're at church on a Wednesday night, they want but their beeper to go off and they want to just because they want to run lights and sirens because they want to feel like some standing some importance some like belonging or whatever and um, if you put all those personalities together and then you sort of um, come up with a, a um, sort of a, 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 a mechanism to get them valor and standing in the community vis-a-vis blue, thin blue line or whatever it is, you have all of a sudden a very powerful group that basically runs communities like it, like any sort of like crime outfit or whatever would. And I don't know. I mean, the, like... <laughs> I'm trying to think. What do you think are like the two? Are there two personalities that you think that go with those two competing worldviews that you say bump up against each other? Like, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, police. Like, what, what's what's the archetype cop? Cops. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Like what? Like like in terms of like what? Like what are the characteristics of like the archetypal cop? You know, like, like what, what kind of personality most, does that? Well, most cops I know don't really come from privileged backgrounds necessarily. It feels like a lot Almost of them none. come from either lower middle class or working class. I don't really know. Rich, rich kids aren't going to be cops. You know, like. Yeah. I don't yeah, think no, so. It's not. There's not a ton signing up to be police officers. And if they are, they usually go to be detectives or that kind of thing. You know, something that with some standing, not like a patrolman or whatever. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Tony? Mm-mm. Oh. I was no? trying to think if I even, like, know any cops. I mean, I know the cops in Wattsburg, if I know the background of any cops. The kids who sold me weed in high school are now the city cops in... Uh, Pineville in Bell County. <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever sold drugs and never got caught, you become a police officer. Yeah, I never got in trouble <laughs> for it. That's like that's like yep. a, that is like a litmus test. And then in another way, I think what happens too is because I've noticed this. A lot of people tend to, like, lump firefighters and police all in together, like, as, like, the first responders thing. But, like, in my experience, fire and police are kind of at odds with one another. Like, they're frenemies more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, our firefighters yeah. in Wattsburg, like, <laughs> historically have just, like, yeah, like, the police will come up there and hang out every once in a while. And then once they leave, they'll say, <laughs> make oinking noise. <laughs> There's always a tension. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, 
Yeah, I've, I've caught, like I want to I want to talk more about this, but like I want to like really think about it too because like this is this is a fascinating topic for me, but because like you can't you can't well, really also deny is, that class dimension either. Like you know, it's not rich kids that, that go to big cops or military or whatever. You know. Let me ask this well, question. I, I, the reason I bring this up is because you do what? Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Are y'all, are y'all still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is your internet um, slow? I'm a little. I've got some lag. There's some oh, lag. Okay. I'm sorry. There's a little bit okay, of a lag. That's fine. Um, but uh, the reason I bring it up is because, again, I fully support defunding the police. I'll probably put it on a sign and go to a march this weekend. Um. But but we would be, if we did that, we would be turning about 900,000, we'll call it a solid million. If we defunded every police department, we would be turning them out. Well, that won't happen because, like, you've got see, if the sweeping reforms are banning chokeholds in a national bad cop <laughs> registry, like, you're, you're we're doing not even nothing anywhere. to challenge the cop mentality. Yeah. Right. We're not even scratching the surface of the fucking problem. Yeah. But, uh,. But yeah, but but putting nine hundred thousand cops into the neoliberal austerity world, where they won't have jobs or anything, will create some sort of something, some kind of ripple. Backlash. <laughs> yes, especially yeah. especially if the um, notion that most cops have a white supremacist leaning. If that stands up, I mean, we're really, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I guess in a lot of ways you're taking their power, but you're fucking pissing them off, which yeah, we should, but the, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to be afraid of these sons of bitches. That's the, that's the me, weird, that's the rub, right? It's like, we'd be pissing them off and they, all, I guarantee at home, they have fucking a massive arsenal of weapons <laughs> outside of their own yeah. fucking service weapon. Oh, make no mistake about it. Let me ask you this. If we know that Lenin had to recruit from the peasant armies for his revolution, do you think it's possible that, do you think we should, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm of the opinion, I think that we should be trying to recruit from the military, but do you think that, like, cops are welcome in any kind of, like, ex-cops will be welcome in any sort of kind of movement like that? Or do you think there's something in that personality that's just inherently untrustworthy that you'd never want to to have? Because, yeah. Well, it's dragging us back to the DSA question, to cops vlogging DSA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it all roads lead back to Danny Faitante. <laughs> or Faitante, however you say it. Uh, I don't know. It's so hard to... I mean, like, obviously, I don't think... It's a funny hypothetical because it's so rarely even relevant. Like, cops, just by their very nature, are never going to be interested in any kind of leftist politics. Um, But I do... I do sort of believe in this sort of sociological stance that we are all ultimately just performing roles in a capitalist political economy. Like, we are... Regardless, we of think kind, we like, pick for ourselves, and we really don't. <laughs> yeah, like we, we exactly we are sort of, you know, based on our 
class backgrounds, life experiences, decisions, uh, etc. We are kind of slotted into roles, and um, and that that also can't really be uh, overlooked because you know that. I don't know, man. I feel like we've just said two contradictory things, which is that there's a cop personality and disposition that has to be stamped out, but also there is a structural uh, input for it that is um, static. Well, I, think, and- I think both things can be true in a way. Like, for okay. example, like right. I could have very you. easily, I think at a certain point... I've never wanted to be a cop. Like I've never. That's just not anything that ever entered into my calculus for what I was going to do with my life. But I very easily could have wound up that way if, for example, I hadn't caught a break with this job or that job or whatever. You know, I almost didn't go to college, for example. Yeah. So if that hadn't happened, I could have been. You know, wearing a bulletproof vest in Whitesburg, you know, just waiting for hell to rain down on on me from y'all's kind. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, (laughs) you would be scared. You'd be walking around Whitesburg in a bulletproof vest. Scared right uh, now. Thinking I was going to assassinate you. (laughs) Thinking you are going to assassinate me with the blunt end of a wooden sign stick. Oh, God. (laughs) Dude, we are Sniffing going to get purses. mega canceled for this episode. Jesus Christ. There's like wow. nobody understands nuance or anything anymore. So if you say something with even the slightest bit of tone of voice that isn't calculated exactly correctly and calibrated, um, people are like, they said we shouldn't define cops. God damn it. <laughs> nobody said we shouldn't defund the police. <laughs> <laughs> they will after this one. I, but that's the thing. Like, you can't even fucking talk about this. We do need to defund the police. I'm worried, though, that the reforms that took place in the 1960s, anytime you start talking about reforms, I get nervous. Because in many yeah. ways, you can trace back the current carceral state to the reforms of the 1960s. And so, a lot, in many, and but you don't, you you don't have any control over the future in some ways. But whatever. But like in some ways, the reforms that you try to put in place wind up creating new systems that have new. Like, this is why I'm always advocating for revolution. You need to hit the reset button and hit it really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it feels like burning down police precincts is a step in the right direction. I agree, Tanya. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's progress. Absolutely progress. And they're, you know, again, I don't belabor it, but people have been riding in the streets for two weeks in Louisville, Kentucky. We've not had literally not one demand met. Not one. Yeah. Not a single one. And we've and we've got uh, the nation's Democratic darling fucking governor. They love this bastard. And he called Ooh. in... Andy Brashear. I know who the governor is. Don't what did you say? <laughs> I said I was getting ready to say I was getting ready to say what you were getting ready to say. What were you getting? I was ready deferring to, say? to you. <laughs> I 
I don't know. I feel like we're all lagged. I can't hardly hear you. We're all so lagged, it's hard to understand what's going on. Yeah, there's on. like a lot of like dead air in this episode, but just because there's like a little bit of a lag. Anyways, continue your thought. Uh, the nation's democratic darling, Andy Bashir. Called in the National Guard and got people killed. That was his response. Got more people killed. To, that was his response to people wanting justice. For people who had been killed by police brutality in Louisville. Yeah, that no, was the response, is escalation. Yeah. Tonight is the first Louisville City Council meeting since all this popped off. Not the first one since the death of Breonna Taylor. That happened in March, but... Um, People have been in the streets for two weeks now, or three. I don't know. Time means nothing anymore. <laughs> well, this is another thing. It's um, the media has stopped covering a lot of this. Uh, they yeah. it it felt so intense for a week or two there because it was just nonstop media coverage. It was the kind of like captured everybody's attention, um, captivated everyone. But uh, now they they stopped covering it. Um, and, uh, you know, they've moved back to the coronavirus news cycle, I guess, because coronavirus is coming back. So, <laughs> With a vengeance. Who, who saw that coming? Yeah. Yeah, there's not even as many... It, there doesn't seem to be as many people in the streets. I, this Today, I went to this, like, road blockade at the cop station. There was maybe, like, 100 people there. And then I went to a BLM um, press conference, and there were even less people there at... A confederate monument that the city took down and in the middle of the night before people could tear it down and they're just moving it they're just like polishing it they're like spit shining it right now in a fucking uh warehouse and they're gonna move it to a cemetery this confederate monument castleman john castleman oh shit where the cemetery where muhammad ali is buried that's where they're moving it no Incredible. shit yeah isn't that fucking insane? Oh my god! Completely fucking diseased. And so apparently saying... this. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, apparently, uh, when they took down, when the city took down the monument before people could tear it down, because they saw that coming. This group of white people in Louisville uh, formed some like friends of public art bullshit. And appealed uh, the city's decision to remove it altogether, um, to try to get it put somewhere else or whatever it was. And they started an education campaign because they felt like the problem was not that this was a Confederate soldier or a Confederate monument, but the problem was that people weren't educated and didn't really know who John Castle was. He was a high-ranking Confederate general <laughs> who was exiled at one point and pardoned by Lincoln. He was allowed back into the United States. Um, but these white people literally bought a fucking billboard in the Highlands and put up a billboard with the statue on it and the guy's name that said John Castleman saved black lives. What and the fuck? Truly. <laughs> Yeah, it was near my friend's house. She was just telling me about it like a couple hours ago. Uh, it was a dis fucking belief. It's fucking crazy here. Shit is here's, fucking here's insane. The, here's what I do. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. It 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 
it really breaks my brain. Like, you would you only see this shit when like this type of shit pops off. It's like there's this concerted effort to escalate by. It's like the it's like the million little realities we talked about last week all converging on one another. Like there's a central issue that is we have police that are murdering people in the streets, all this kind of stuff. And everybody's response to that is to put in their little things based on the one of the millions of realities that they live in. And like like on what fucking planet does it make sense when you have Brianna Taylor's murdered in her own home to go and do some shit like that. Truly. It's a, it's like it's astonishingly callous yeah. just on the surface of it. But it's like people find something novel in their own bullshit reality. And they yeah. want to like introduce that into the discourse. Like you see this all the time. Like like you see the thing where NASCAR banned the Confederate flag yesterday because yeah. Bubba Wallace, the black driver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you Okay, so that's a thing that happened. I think most people would agree that is good and like like a modest like gesture, right? <laughs> yeah, but you have people you have a bare minimum. You have people signal. losing their goddamn mind over that. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm these, saying? These people created a GoFundMe and raised money to put up billboards to save the reputation of a Confederate general. <sighs> A guy that's been dead for 200 fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, and, and at this at this press that they hadn't thought about happened. before this. They hadn't thought about yeah. before this. People brought up um, something from our uh, episode with uh, the New York Times reporter. What's Campbell. his name? Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Campbell. Um, about the yeah the confederate monuments about how they didn't go up at the end of the civil war these all went up during jim crow and these are no different these are this was the same wave they yeah. went up these they put up these confederate flags literally to these confederate confederate monuments to in, to terrorize black people yeah oh and it's 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 yeah i mean it's it serves that purpose and what's insane to me is like i was thinking about this so I made a little comment. I'm back active on Facebook these days, which has been interesting. I've liked to say I, I love that. It's been nice. What well, you see this thing I, I put up about like we should bulldoze that fucking monument up there on the Kentucky Virginia state line. Yeah. Why the fuck do they do that installation that probably cost a hundred thousand dollars when nobody down the fucking mountain has clean water? Yeah, it's just to terrorize. It's just like it serves no other purpose but that. Whether that was their intent or not, that's what it is. And let me tell you this: when I was working in the school systems, each school system of like twenty, a hundred schools, each school got to create this like banner to be displayed at this big thing they had in Pikeville. So all the East Kentucky schools, each one, their like art class got to design a banner and paint it with a scene from their county. Guess what Jenkins was? What? That goddamn monument. God. I shit you not. I shit you not. Jenkins High School made a ba- painted a banner of a Confederate flag and a like monument, <laughs> and hung it in the fuck. And I, I came in. I was like, "Why is there a Confederate flag hanging up in here?" And they were like, "Well, the school, the school decided what they wanted to put on their fucking banner." <laughs> it's like, are you all fucking kidding me? You're hanging this up in here. You is this serious right now? And no one had even questioned it. 
Well, it's um, it's, it's it's beyond dark. It's dark. Well, I want to <laughs> say I had that to drop that on you, Tom. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just want to. I just want to say that, um, and this is in response again to the inevitable people who will scold me or something for saying something not correct. Correct. But I just want to point out that. Stuff like stuff like taking down monuments, and even things like an autonomous zone, regardless of how you feel about them, they are dialectical. They are yeah. incredibly important. They're dialectical because you can only work with what you have, and if what you have is a landscape just filled with fucking monuments to hate and white supremacy and terrorism. Or a police force that refuses to cede an, an inch of fucking ground to a world that refuses to, to have them. That's important. And you may yeah. not like the way it plays out. You may think that it's cringe or virtue signaling or whatever. Um, but it's the same thing that applies to defund the police. There's plenty of criticisms that can be made of each and every one of these things. But that doesn't matter. Like, if we critique, it's to make things impenetrable it's to it's to better our analysis and to move our position on the class struggle chessboard forward mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. not to if you're critiquing it should not be to tear down it really should and this is the thing this is the thing and i've always fucking got for years now like oh tear all he does is fucking tear down never builds up all this it's <laughs> like you fundamentally miss the point you fundamentally miss the point of critique like I like I say these things to make things better, you know, and and so that's the like this that it should be applied to everything in this, in this current state that we're in because you can only work with what you got, where look around you, see what you have, use the resources that you have. You can't wish you were somewhere else, or you know, you can't want to leave your shitty southern town or any of that and like escape to the enlightened north. You can only work with what you have. And that's the way change. Yeah. And, and, to, and to that point, that's what we're talking about, too, for anybody that thinks that we were even making a half-assed case for not defunding the police or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a very specific context, and we're dealing with the world we see, like, directly in front of us. And to the other point about, like, you know, the, 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 the Chaz and, you know, all these other things, the other part to it is it shows us what's possible what we can do you know what i mean and i think i think there's something powerful about that and um so yeah anyway yeah i mean i even well you know i, I, I was just reading this ruth wilson gilmore essay earlier today about nonprofits and about you know she was talking about like nonprofits are not intrinsically bad it's just it's just a form it's like anything else it's like the state the state can be good and it can be bad it's, yeah. it's you know and, but she was talking about how in the early civil rights movement they went into that struggle with there was plenty of philanthropic funding and nonprofits and stuff but early on people noticed some of the things that were happening with that process and with that system and critiqued it and she talks about how that made it better and it made them more aware of what they were facing when they entered the struggle. And so mm -hmm. th this is the thing with this show. We are not fucking political leaders. 
or anything like that. We're trying to fucking enhance our analysis and make it make our position sh- stronger on the like I said based on, on our context. Board. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I guess that was uh, the Mountain Eagle speaking. Uh, the the that was uh, editors. That, that so was editors. Is that you that still was the editor's note. <laughs> well, on that editor's note, I got to hop off here because I'm headed downtown um, for the city council meeting. Y'all want to wrap it up or do y'all want to um, continue on your own? You have my I think this is about blessing. all I had. Tom, is there anything else you, you wanted to talk about? Uh, the only thing else I had to talk about on our list was the, um, the Charles Booker McGrath Mitch shit, but I mean, we could talk about that on the. Patreon oh, I'm in Louisville. I've seen like so like, many um, Amy because that's, McGrath that's ads. The past two day, the past day. It's an interesting, guys. I saw a fucking. I've seen more than one Joe Biden sticker in Whitesburg. I didn't see a single Hillary Clinton sticker in 2016. I've seen Joe Biden stickers though. Yeah. I, I just take for that what you will. I don't know what it means, but it is interesting. It is interesting. What's I Booker? Really what's am, I'm excited to see Booker soaring this last week, but it feels like a day late and a dollar short, and I don't know why all these sons of bitches didn't endorse him a month ago. It's like they had to wait for black people to die on the streets and to You're right. That is literally it, the Tanya. Senate. It's it's they're, fucked. It's completely their pen, fucked. Their penance, Bernie, their penance for being racist was to support Charles Booker. Yeah, Bernie, AOC, the Courier Journal, Herald Leader, all of them, Matt Jones, they've all come out and supported him in the past few days. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? The fucking primaries in a week. It's just yep. pitiful. And what were they sitting around trying to? Were they sitting around waiting for Amy McGrath to say something to impress them? Is that what they were doing? Like we're going to wait for her to get her shit together, and then she's going to say something good, and we're finally going to be able to come in and endorse her. <laughs> all she ever says is that she's a fucking fighter pilot. That's all she's ever said. <laughs> and that she's That's all about Trump. Amy. She also, yeah. uh, to her credit, she also says she will work with Trump. To Trump, uh, she's going to be Trump's personal his- pilot. Well, well, well. She wants to drive Air Force One. <laughs> okay, well, we, we that is an interesting um, thing, but we will leave it there for now. Um, if you want to listen to... We did interview Charles Booker um, back before anyone else did and before anyone <laughs> even gave before him a shot. Before it was shot. cool. Before it was cool. Unfortunately, so, I had... I was having a bad period. I over-medicated myself that day and didn't make it. I remember mm. that day. I do, too. <laughs> I passed out. I took um. a bunch of pills. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can go listen to that uh, interview if you want to know what he's about and maybe throw a few bucks to his campaign. Um the ditch mitch campaign is still going strong uh if amy mcgrath (laughs) loses she will walk away i think they raised like 12 million dollars this quarter they outraised mcconnell they outraised booker booker just hit his first million he just hit a million dollars total i mean it is astounding how much mcgrath has has how much money she's made but but also astounding how she's done nothing with it 
literally nothing. Like, oh, I, yeah. like, no, I, no. Like, to, to me, Charles Booker is much more visible at a fraction of the cost. <laughs> really. Oh, yeah. He has a fuck ton of earned media. He's running yeah. a true people's campaign. It's. Yeah. I, but it does get, it does show you, again, like anything else, and this is the value of electoral processes, it reveals class antagonisms and, uh, and you know, facts. And the fact that that campaign can get so much money, it means that there is still a very sizable liberal middle class in this country willing to put money into that sort of vision. And that has to be reckoned with, too, because those are the people who are pushing for the Nancy Pelosi sweeping structural reforms of banning <laughs> chokeholds, which Covered most fucking police off. departments have already, already fucking done. It doesn't matter. You <laughs> so see, the like, thing about police is they usually just don't... They usually just do whatever they want to do. They do yeah. whatever the fuck they want to do. <laughs> they, want, they don't even turn on their body cams. They literally, truly do whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. just, to, uh, just to hone in, let me just say... Think about the juxtaposition of Amy McGrath and Charles Booker just in our tiny orb. Charles Booker came to East Kentucky, met with a bunch of people, had, you know, ate with people, sit on porches, came and appeared like he came and was on our podcast um, because we interviewed y'all interviewed him in your cabin, like where we always record. He came to us. Yeah. Our only interaction, our only knowledge of Amy McGrath where we live (laughs) is that she her, her not even her her staff convinced a bunch of dying miners with black lung that they were going that that she was documenting a a reenactment of their journey to dc where they went to try to convince uh legislators in dc that their lives um that they deserve to live and um people with black lung deserve to be invested in and deserve health care and she convinced them to reenact this journey that they took saying that she was making a documentary about it when it was for a commercial for her that's all we know about her (laughs) local interaction i don't know i I couldn't tell you anything else i don't think she's been to eastern kentucky i don't know i couldn't tell you where she's been if she has who she's dealt with nothing uh charles booker came to whitesburg twice i ran into him on the street literally the second time i was just like (laughs) what are you doing here he was just walking down the street i was like what are you doing Tonight is Louisville City Council meeting where he's speaking. Tomorrow he's trying to move stuff around so that he can come back to Whitesburg for our rally tomorrow night. Yeah, he's cool. And, uh, and he is on a like fucking Charles. he's on a dime. This, but what is she doing with twelve million dollars? Literally taking it and running. Pro- probably stick it in her pocket if I oh, yeah, take uh, a stab at it. <laughs> Did you all hear them ask her uh, why she hadn't been out in the streets? Why she hadn't? Uh, protested nope. with anybody what'd she say i did but i forget what she said i know it was she's dumb. she stumbled around uh she kept stuttering and finally said i, I had some family things going on <laughs> <laughs> dinner scrabble <laughs> we were putting a puzzle together oh my god oh boy well COVID's still very real people this she's is the thing people may yeah why don't she just say that <laughs> Look, uh, people are going to, over the next few weeks, they're going to try to convince you that things are normal again, that the protests and the looting and shit has died down, that COVID is not as big of a deal. All of the same dynamics that were born three year, three months ago, all of the uh, insanity that just 
avalanche down on us three months ago is all still with us. But like everything else in capitalist society, they will try to convince you that it is not. That, that your life is a series of illusions and, and, you know, it is our job to sort of demystify all that and insist that things are not normal, that they are not naturalized. Y'all, my fucking Zoom died. I have no idea where it cut off. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let's... let's um, That's a bummer. So y'all are going to have to wrap it up yourselves. Let's wrap Sorry, it up. Sorry, dudes. Thanks for listening this week. Um, if you want to go to the Patreon and listen more... Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tribbly Workers Party. Well, well, well. And um, you can hear us more there, huh? And we'll see you in the funny papers, you fucking reprobates. All right. Peace out. That sucks. I have no idea where that cut off. Sorry.